Hey there, and welcome to Americana Station Podcast. We have a new episode for you today. Um, he was the first episode of the podcast, and he is back for round two because he has a new record out called Metamorphosis. This is Caleb Christopher Edwards. Um, if you listen to the intro on this podcast, which you did because you're listening to me right now, uh, the intro mandolin part is actually Caleb Edwards, and uh, he's also been a part of many bands uh, in the past here in Nashville, including Fireball Mail, Runa, uh, Lateral Blue, and he's also toured uh, extensively with uh, Will Payne Harrison. And uh, he's releasing his new record, Metamorphosis. Unfortunately, uh, what happened was this quarantine, and so he's having to... Uh, think on his feet and be really smart about it so I had Caleb call me in and we recorded each uh, end of our conversation to make this podcast happen it's the first time I've ever done this uh, there may be a little bit of technical difficulties but I hope that you uh, understand in these uh, interesting uh, times that we have to take interesting measures to get you the information about um upcoming albums and uh caleb christopher edwards has been a dear friend of mine since i've moved to nashville uh i'm excited about his new record i've listened to it several times it sounds amazing if you haven't heard it yet go stream it uh or better yet go purchase it um and make sure that you support him in any way you can today if you are listening to this the day that it came out may 1st uh, Bandcamp has waived all of their costs so you can search for him on there and um, I haven't actually checked uh, if he's on there but if he is you should go buy it because he gets 100% of the proceeds today only thanks so much for tuning in thanks for being a fan of Americana Station uh, without further ado here is one of my favorite people of all time and one of the most uh, prolific songwriters uh, that you haven't heard yet Caleb Christopher Edwards All right, we got uh, Caleb Edwards today with us on the podcast um, via his home. We are quarantining together separately, and um, <laughs> Toge- how you been together separately? Together separately, yeah. yeah. How you been doing, man? How's everything been since the world ended? Um, it hasn't been all terrible. Um, my wife, That's good. yeah, my wife Anna and I are are really fortunate to. I've had some savings put back and, um, and yeah, we're just very fortunate that not, not a lot changed. So I was, I had a week, week and a half, almost two weeks left of a tour and then I was going to go back to teaching lessons anyways. And so it wasn't that bad. I just lost out on a little bit of money, (laughs) but so we're okay. So as long as it ends soon, I think we'll be fine. And that was your tour with Runa, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to go to Canada and that got canceled or rescheduled yeah. I should say I think they are planning on postponed yes postponed yeah. that's the word everyone's using no 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 it's not canceled it's postponed yeah there you go <laughs> yeah um, but that happened to kind of line up with your album release um, at Douglas Corner yeah it did uh, it was it was a big bummer but uh, it's postponed so I haven't quite figured out the details yet but Hopefully I'll be um, 
figuring that out soon. And it's just kind of hard to pull the trigger on a time. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Cause we're, you know, we had a spring tour that was supposed to last the next two months through May. And, um, when you email the people, they're like, we'll put you on a hold, but we don't know. You know, like that's what everybody's saying. You know, we have no idea. And it's, it's real hard to, it's real hard to plan the future when you don't know what the future looks like. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. It's, I'm just trying to, because if it, you know, if it lasts for another month, let's just say best case scenario. And then, you know, by that time, all the festivals have, are in full swing. And so like that kind of takes up my time and I don't know it, it, you know, it's not a, it'll be fine because I was, I'll, I'll admit like I worked so hard on the album and then, you know, finally set a release date and then, and then this happens and I'm like, really? Um, but I'm trying to stay positive and you know, the album's gonna reach the ones who need it. So I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but how are you? How are you in all this? Man, I have to be honest. Um, I had an interview earlier. Someone was doing some sort of a video thing for the whole quarantine situation. And Mm -hmm. she was like, how have you been, you know, keeping busy with music? And I'm like, I haven't. Mm -hmm. Like, I just like, to be honest, like to have two months of your tour canceled, um, which is a huge source of my income and then to lose your other job, your side job. Yeah. Um, I've just been going outside a lot, trying to soak up the sunshine and I haven't written a damn song. Yeah. No, I get it. In in a month. And, uh, I've just been, I haven't been focusing on music at all. Honestly. I think that's okay. Yeah. There's not a wrong way to, um, to do this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Unless you're the ones that are going out and not staying put. That's the wrong way. But other than that, (laughs) there's not a wrong way to, uh, to react to this. You know, I, I had an interview yesterday as well and I was asking my buddy, you know, how, how are you? And he said, I'm not good. And I think that's okay. And I'm coming to the terms that that's okay. And so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So every, every day is different for sure. My friend Callie McCullough, uh, texted me yesterday and asked how I'm doing. And I said, broken depressed so you know par for the course yeah yeah <laughs> just just everything that's regular mm, yeah for sure nothing's changed yeah it's just it's <laughs> i'm just now broken depressed with no gigs <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> oh man but you know i think that you know um you've always got to look towards the positive and and maybe for some people this is a time where they really needed to write songs but for me i think it was just a time where i needed to rest you know so man i've been hearing that a lot is um you know i read some some blog or some tweet or or who knows it may have been a meme i don't know um (laughs) you know you spend your whole life asking or begging for rest or for more time with your family or more time to sit down and read that book or watch that show or whatever you've wanted to do and now you have it just just kind of take it in stride as much as you can and you know so i've i've had like this never ending list of albums that i've wanted to listen to without doing anything else i have a really bad habit of feeling guilty just listening to music 
all yeah. solely listening to music without like working on an email or whatever. Um, and so now I can do that and not not feel guilty because I have no emails to write. So <laughs> that's that's so true. Yeah, like I mean, I know I need to be like rescheduling, like for the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, yeah. these tour dates. But I'm like, that's so far away, and yeah. it's so uncertain that like even when I email people, they're like, I don't know. So like, yeah. I don't feel bad about just blowing stuff off for a few weeks where normally like a few weeks would be like devastating towards your oh, yeah. know, future gigs. Yeah, for sure. This is this is the great equalizer. I will say that. Is that yeah. everyone everyone's on the same page and I don't know I think the times where the whole world's been on the same page are very few and far between. So this is a huge moment in history for a lot of people. For everyone. For everyone involved, past, present, future. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely some sort of turning point. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's probably something we needed, but it's uh it's definitely uh a whole new thing that we've never done before. Yeah, for sure. Just like your new album, you've <laughs> never done your own solo album. Segways. Yeah, um, look at you. So, uh, this has been a long time coming. Some of those songs on there you've been playing for years, like the bird. Yeah. You played uh, a video of that. If you search hard enough for Americana Station and Caleb Edwards on YouTube, you can find a version of the bird from like when we first tried to do Americana Station like five years ago before I rebooted it mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And yeah. when I rebooted it, Caleb was my first guest. And, yeah. Uh, this, this, you're my first repeat. Ah, I'm just, you know, I'm just that guy. I'm your go-to. And, and my first quarantine and my first uh, remote Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, lots of firsts. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had a couple of people ask me if I wanted to to kind of talk about the album on different podcasts. I'm like, yeah, but I don't really have a way to do that because I had I didn't have I don't I have a really crappy laptop and I just yeah. haven't invested in good recording software because I knew the laptop was crappy and so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy some cheap thing. I have a couple of mics laying around, so here we are. And but yeah. Um, the album has been a long time coming, mostly because I think, I think it just needed, you know, it was going to release when it was going to release, and and I wasn't, I was in a hurry, but I couldn't afford to be in a hurry, I was just paying it all out of pocket, I didn't have anybody backing me up or anything, and so, you know, and I had a lot of things, I went through a lot writing the album but I also went through a lot in making it and so like I went through like five years of the whole thing has been like eight years from yeah from the moment I started writing the first song till well, this past Friday when it released so it's a lot that's a long time man that's almost a, 10 years that's a decade yeah but that's a that's a lot of ground to cover too it is yeah I mean a lot can ha- a lot does happen in the better part of a decade and you know i'm through my mid 20s now and so like it's it's wild to just to see how much life has been covered in that time and so when you start to think about it in moments like this i guess it's like wow <laughs> covered some miles here (laughs) yeah do you have a favorite track on the record or um or one that you were really surprised with how it turned out 
Yeah. Um, probably Sincerely Your Past was one of those that um, I liked it. It was it was one of those that I was like, this needs to happen for the sake of the story. Like, I'm putting this in there for the sake of the story. Um, yeah. And then once, like, I listen to it back now, and I'm like, that, I could not have done that intentionally. Like, it was just, a lot of this, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the things that people are really liking about it, I didn't do on purpose. It just kind of happened. It was just, yeah. like, things that I didn't even notice was hap- were happening. And so, like... I don't know. It's it's cool. Uh, I think sincerely, your past is is one of those that, um, because that's because you have to understand that I wrote all of them chronologically too. So I think that was a good song that kind of like really uh, mixed the, I guess the adolescence of the first half of that record and also the, you know, maturity. I'd like to think so, at least the maturity that, you know, uh, I was kind of getting into. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And so it kind of changes weekly, but like, that's currently the one that I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the one that, um, I kind of have on repeat for sure. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite one that I don't think I knew, uh, shoot. Uh, goodness gracious me oh yeah <laughs> that's that's probably my favorite one uh that i haven't heard off the album uh, yeah you probably heard a lot of them yeah um in some form i've heard mr crockett mm-hmm. definitely annabelle rose yeah. the bird curiosity to christopher yeah uh, yeah most most of the yeah, songs in the album i've heard yeah goodness gracious that one was a uh a really good one because like i'm not like i don't know that that's not one that I would have seriously considered on a, another record, but I realized like, oh, this perfectly captures the moment that I was feeling, and it's very tongue in cheek, and it's yeah, good palate cleanser <laughs> for right, you know, yeah. for what's coming. You got a lot, a lot of heavy songs, so it's it, nice. Yeah, to, exactly. Yeah, did uh, when you wrote that, was that just like kind of a joke song between you and your wife, or was absolutely? It? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was just like. You know, because she she was sick at the time I was uh, we were, I was writing it, and so like one of the things that we uh, have done to you know kind of just deal with um, and cope with the all the stuff that was happening was a sense of humor and like right you know it's it's kind of dark <laughs> we kind of have a dark sense of humor but it's it's we think we're hilarious and so. <laughs> I was, you know, she was probably literally in bed just wanting to die. And I was just like poking fun at her, Yeah, (laughs) which makes me sound horrible, but it got us a laugh. And I was like, Hey, what else do you hate about yourself? And she goes, well, my knees ache a lot. And I'm like, well, let's, let's put that in there. It's going in there. Yeah. And she's always hated her teeth. (laughs) So I'm like, let's stick that in there. And, um, (laughs) yeah, obviously, um, I love your teeth, but yeah. So it's uh, just one when of those. You played that it at the Legion. You were like, "I have permission to sing this song." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to clarify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta say that a lot these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, that was that was a good one. That's that's got like happy memories behind it when it was actually being written, and like unlike some of them for sure. Yeah, I think well, just kind of like even the preludes are sort of palate cleansers as well totally. that you have on the record. That if you if you don't change the mood a little bit, then it's kind of like a movie or something. You know, you've yeah. got to you've got to have some comic relief in there yeah. or something to ease up on some of the tension of some of the serious matter that you're writing about, and which is beautifully done. Um, and the drums, I, I mentioned that to you on mm -hmm. text the other day. Yeah. Um, Aaron Nelson played drums on some of the tracks and uh, he's a good friend of ours mm -hmm. and he did such a good job. He's just so tasteful with like, I've never really heard you with drums. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I, that was something that what's, I want to back up and say thank you for uh, kind of, mentioning the part of it being like a film because that was intentional that was yeah it was like this is you know because a lot of albums especially your typical bluegrass-esque album um they're story songs but they're not it's not a continued concept and so that was something that we wanted to do and i'm such a big film buff in general and like I wanted, like, I toyed around with possibly going to school for composition to to go into writing scores for films. And so um, we sat down with some of my favorite moments in different films and, like, what's happening in the score here that's making this feel tense or happy or whatever. So, like, that was... It's very intentional. And so I realized that... Um, one of the big moments where that's, I think, uh, obvious is uh, Black Hole. And so we have this extended mandolin solo that's half the song. And uh, we're listening to it, and we had some, some like harmonic ideas that we wanted behind it. And I, th I told Eric Uplinger, my uh, co-producer, I said, I think this needs percussion on it. And so we messed around with, like, hitting things just like different sounds that we were messing around with and um he goes what if we just get a drummer because i think a lot of these songs would actually do well with drums and i said yeah. i think you're right and so aaron was the first and only person i called i think and he was just he was the perfect person for it you know personality wise and and his, yeah. his skills are great so he's just so solid yeah, he's like um so he recorded with my friend AJ. Um Adelaide. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so he can do like the kind of rock weird stuff that he did and he, you know, he's you know, played with me and he's he's done country, pop country, rock. He can do pretty much everything. He's a really versatile drummer. He really guy. is. Yeah. Cuz when I called him about it, he's like, "Oh, cool, a bluegrass record." So you're looking like you know, the train sounds. I'm like, "Yeah. Not really." Um I, I get why you would think that, <laughs> but no, this is a little bit more involved than that, I think. And so he did a great job. Yeah. So. And then some of the other players you had on the record, did you have Kyle from your other band, Lateral Blue? Yeah. So Corey Caswell and, Corey, yeah. and Kyle Lee, both from Lateral Blue are on this album. So this album is really what started that, that band. So we, yeah. um, there was a group of us that started getting together and playing music and uh, 
in 2016, I think. And so we, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just really, I didn't know these people, but I was like, you guys are cool. I have music. I wanted young people to play this. And so I just, that's why you didn't call me. I see. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes, exactly. But, um, (laughs) I just wanted people my age to, to play this. And so people that were kind of hungry for that kind of music. And, and so it was an interesting process. Like, uh, I just asked them like, do you guys want to do this? And they're like, yeah. And so we just started rehearsing it. And so, um, the guitar player who is in that group and the fiddle player who's in that group eventually moved on, um, to different things. And actually both of them moved out of state. So one's in Chicago, one's in ten- or, uh, Texas. And, uh, so Corey and Kyle were still there. And so we just, we kind of put together this group of people that became lateral blue. And the first music that we were playing was the stuff from metamorphosis and it eventually became something else. But, um, yeah, this was kind of the breaking ground for that, but they were Corey and Kyle are, just two of my favorite people on the face Phenomenal of the planet. Phenomenal players, they're yeah. so good, and they're so unassuming and so humble, and just kind of the fact that they're so good yet so nice is sickening. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they just you know I love them to death, and this this album. I was asking a lot of them in retrospect, you know, we, for three months, I think we met once a week to rehearse this stuff and, uh, at least three months. And, uh, there was a lot, like there was like crying in rehearsals just because I hadn't, it was hard. I'd never played this stuff for anyone. So it was like, I'm trying to feel it out as I go and like is this a good idea and so like and I didn't have any charts written or anything I didn't like I literally said I have a song let's arrange it and so they're they're extremely patient and I think it shows and uh yeah they're the the two of them are the MVPs for sure and then you also had um her name is not coming to me right now on Lauren Sachs. Uh, Lauren. Yeah, Lauren yeah, Sachs. yeah, yeah. Lauren Sachs, I've known for a long time, um, almost immediately after I moved to Tennessee. Um, I used she to did an incredible job. Oh my was gosh, that man! One take on all that stuff, or just um, most of it probably was. Yeah, there were yeah there were a few things. I'll say this: all of the really cool stuff she's doing was her. Like yeah. it wasn't a note for me. Like I had a couple of ideas that I wanted Fiddle to do, but basically we went in. I was like, "Listen, you're great. Just do what you do. Do you? Yeah." And so, and she did. And I've I've had a lot of compliments on her playing, and um, she's great. And I love that she played the five string on it too. Yeah, there's some really great moments between her and the bass, and what Corey's doing. They're just like they're in sync, and it's really cool. So you didn't have any cello. She was just playing five string. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. She she has that that low C string on her fiddle, and so it really kind of brought forth some of the kind of the stringy sections, you know, especially on Anna yeah. Rose. You know, they both did yeah. such an incredible job. It's just the two of them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I thought that was cello. Yeah. And they had me fooled. Yeah. Between the two yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was. Um, 
it was like a bluegrass band. Uh, the only exceptions were probably the drums and the fact that she had uh, a fifth string. But besides that, it was pretty much your traditional bluegrass band. Yeah. Who else did you have on the record? Um, that's it. Corey, Kyle, Lauren, and Aaron, and myself. I played guitar and mandolin. Uh, and bazooki, right? Uh, no. On that, on that opening track, that's not... The very, like the, the first the prelude. prelude? No, that's mandolin. Yeah. That's mandolin? Oh, yep. it just sounds so low. Yeah. That is a mandolin. Um, I was going to get someone else to play guitar, and, and even, actually, Kyle plays rhythm on a couple of, like, I think two songs. Uh, but everything else, I was like, you know what? I can I can do this. It's going to save yeah. me some money to do this. <laughs> so let's just yeah. suck it up and do it. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. No, it sounds great, man. Thank you. So are you writing, are you still writing? I know at one point you pulled out like a hundred songs you'd written and you were just going through all the, the notes of them and stuff. And I was just like, how the heck <laughs> do you write so many songs? Like, I don't know anyone. I don't think I know anyone that's like a contemporary that writes as many songs as you do. Have you, was that like a season for you? Um, yeah, it definitely was. It's, I haven't done that in a while and I was actually just thinking about that here recently and how like I mean I should there's something about that just hunger and youthfulness that it wasn't that long ago but still like yeah um, I want to get back to that somehow and like I think I think you know when you actually start writing songs that are decent and um, you start listening for things and you start actually paying attention to the, like the world around you um, you start to become a little pickier I think and so like at that time I wrote maybe a hundred songs but maybe 20 of them were good and so I think maybe uh, <laughs> disagree but that's that's fine thank you but um, I think my system my uh, just my surroundings have changed like at that time I was playing with a traditional bluegrass band and so I was trying to like hone my my writing to do that, you know? And so like so much has changed since then that, um, I kind of, with even lateral blue too, like I, I kind of did the same for them. I was writing a lot cause you know, like, Oh, well, you know, I have a outlet, like I have a band to play this stuff. And so, right. And so now like lateral blue, just the, the way I guess the format of that band is kind of changing. And so like, and now I guess it's me. Like I'm the one, I'm the one responsible to play these songs. And so it's not going to go to anyone else as far as I know. And I think that's kind of cool. It's a little daunting, but it's, you know, I think it's about time. You know, I should have done this five years ago, but like I, and I wanted to, but it's just, I'm finally at the point in my life and, career that i know how to if that makes sense i have the people around me to that i know yeah. how to do it so yeah i'm a slow well learner. i think i think the more you do it too the more you're like this isn't a rabbit hole i want to chase you know and you yeah. stop yourself sooner yeah a lot of the songs that i was writing then were preachy and yeah. i look back and listen to them and I'm like these these are like really cool melodies and sometimes i'll steal that from them um, and try to write something else, and but a lot of the times I'm t I'm rambling about stuff that I don't even know. Like, yeah, you know, I I've, I'm sure a lot of people do that, but 
you know, I was. Well, you fall into cliches. I've noticed that with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where you get to a part where you don't know where to go, and then you say something you said, and like fifteen other songs, or mm. like something that like is a cliche that everyone says, or just yeah. like a really lazy line. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. You just gotta. For me, I gotta set it down and think about it and figure out a better way to say it, or yeah. and come back to it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, that's maturity i think that's that's something i didn't have uh six years ago was you know i wrote the song and i was like yeah let's do it let's record it why don't i have a grammy yet you know that was that was the (laughs) mentality and so now i i definitely take my time i wish i was still writing as much but i'm i'm just like i'm way pickier about uh what it is i'm writing and so if i start if i have an idea and i start something and i'm like this is this is coming across, this is not coming across as I wanted it. Or it's like the person, I'm not liking the person who's singing this or, you know, this person has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I'm, I'm a little bit more aware of that and I can recognize it pretty quickly. And so I, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with setting it aside, like you said, and just kind of coming back to it. And sometimes it just sits there. And sometimes that was the good part about, being in a band that was writing was that you're like hey i have this melody or this chorus that worked five years ago i don't like the verses and so Corey and i have done that a lot Corey and i've actually written a lot together and a lot of those songs are are just sitting there that and they need to be recorded and so i got to figure out how how we want to do that maybe she wants to do something with them i'm not sure but yeah, I don't know. I'm not writing nearly as much as I used to be, but I will say that when I write, I feel a lot better about the majority of what it is that goes down on paper. Yeah, yeah. There's something about creating um, that just feels like very freeing, mm. even if it's not your best work. But that being said, like, you know, you said, oh, some of those songs weren't my best songs or whatever. But I, I know when I jumped in the studio, there were two or three songs that, I had as like throwaways because you know you go in there with like 15 songs and get whittled down to whatever oh, 10 yeah. 12 yeah and um some of the songs that my producer picked he was like oh this is a great one and i'm like no what are you <laughs> talking about? that was one you were gonna throw away you know yeah so sometimes you don't always have the clarity of of what a good song is because one one or two of the track two of the tracks specifically on my new record um people come up to me all the time and say this is my favorite track on the record i'm like what yeah so it's always interesting um this is a new thing for me and so you've you've released three albums now so you've you've been down this road but when people like share it on instagram and you can kind of you can see what they're listening to and i'm like oh really like i didn't think that you would find that interesting i actually thought this song would be more up your alley that's that's fascinating to me and so yeah. it's, you know, what people decide to share is really cool. Dude, what's even more weird? I don't know if you've done this to yourself yet. I may be shooting you in the foot. But um, <laughs> when you go to your Spotify and Apple mm-hmm. accounts and you see what other people are listening to with you. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is nothing like me. I mean, there's some where you're like, like the Rayo brothers played on my record and they're, they usually show up as like, you know, other people are listening to this. That makes sense to me. Yeah. But then like, it'll be some random person you've never heard of. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
with Lateral Blue, it made sense. Like, it was... There was definitely, like, uh, some bands that come to mind. It was, like, the Arcadian Wild was one that used that would come up. That does come up. Uh, Sierra Hall comes up. Mile 12, good, yeah. great bluegrass band out of Boston, to, comes up. With me, I haven't had enough... Uh, followers or listeners or whatever for that to happen yet so i am curious to see who pops up because i feel like it might be similar but also might be a little different so okay so everyone listening go follow caleb (laughs) christopher edwards on spotify so he can get enough followers and listeners so he can see who the heck you're listening to too i want to know he wants to know and will Payne harrison better pop up in there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's gonna be so awkward if it doesn't. I know it's yeah. <laughs> I might cry for a day yeah, or two. Yeah, for a day or two. More. <laughs> mm. More than I already am. Right, right. No, uh, <laughs> so this is usually the part where I ask, like, what are the tour plans? But you know, obviously you don't probably know. Yeah. Um, go let's let's just focus on twenty twenty one because twenty twenty sure. is obviously crap. Well, what are you looking forward to? you know, moving forward into next year. Um, I, I'm hoping to, um, I want to collaborate a lot more as a solo artist. And so, you know, I feel like when you're in a band and, you know, that's, there's a, there's a beauty to being in a band that is a collective team. You know, there's not one person. It's not like Caleb Edwards and -and so-and-so. It's right. um, there's a certain beauty to being uh, all one unit, and so I I've fallen in love with that. That's one of my favorite things about playing music is having a group of people to do it with. Um, and so, like, I guess what I started realizing was you kind of you well, you definitely there's no kind of to it. You you give up a certain amount of uh, of yourself when you do that. And so there's like, you might have a vision, which I kind of have, it's kind of a bad habit when you are in a band to have a complete vision of a song or a record or whatever, because you have four or five other opinions that it's going to have to compete with or, or right. four or five other visions. And so I just realized that my visions were so strong and kind of vivid that I wanted to explore those and I wanted to you know not have to um think about like oh this should have drums oh but like we'll have to figure out um who that's gonna be and like is that per like what do we do live and so I don't have to think about that when it's just me it's like sure can, on this tour can i bring a drummer like what what kind of venue like is there a drummer yeah sure let's take yeah. it and so like i feel like this caleb christopher edwards as an artist can do that and just like if i feel like putting out uh like a really subdued folky you know uh noah gunderson kind of thing i can do that and it's not going to be a conversation that comes up with anybody like oh should we do like is that on brand like it's not but it's i can do that i have the freedom to do that so i guess looking into the future i want to uh that was something with metamorphosis metamorphosis that i did not do was co-write 
um, a lot of the arrangements were a lot of the basically everything anything that was me was the lyrics and I guess the movement of the album but everyone's parts were definitely their own the arrangements were definitely a uh, uh, team effort but I want to actually create with other people and like people that I wouldn't have thought of creating with so I kind of have this you know it kind of depends on what you're, what kind of music you're into lately yeah. and so that changes for me so much and I I have this vision of you know kind of taking favorite things about different genres or albums or whatever and kind of mixing it and I'm like what would happen if I mixed these elements of these albums and used these people to do it and so I just try to look for the most versatile musicians that I know and people that I'm really interested in creating with and so I'm, I'm looking forward to that and just trying to you know recognize someone who has a really unique voice and kind of challenge myself with can I can I join them and and it be cool you know because they're they're already cool on their own can I enhance that and so that's yeah. a, that's a common question I'm asking myself when I listen to other people and um, yeah so I'm hoping to do a lot more of that and I'm I've been you know co-writing like over FaceTime and stuff and, and that's been really fun and also you know I can take some of the pieces of the songs I wrote five years ago and like hey I have this chorus and they're like yeah let's do it so yeah just kind of allowing other people into the process of making the art and that's really fun for me and it's actually not as much work so you know it's not as I don't have to bludgeon myself over the head to finish something <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that's in the future and and I've developed some just some relationships that I never intended or never saw coming that I'm really curious about you know what kind of collaborations can happen in the future and so uh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what I'm. I'm. It's really open ended, and I'm not trying to put it in a box in any way. So if I decide to go do another record by the end of the year, I'll do it. If I decide to, you know, just spend a year writing, I'm going to do it. So it's there's no. It's not really an agenda. I I have some ideas, but that's pretty much it. With your tour schedule, your rigorous tour schedule with Runa. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find the time to do I mean I know you find the time to do lateral blue when you can but yeah. do you are you able to find the time to um, I guess like do your solo stuff as well like <clears throat> I've seen you play a few times in town in town but are you gonna take it on the road yes yeah, I would love to um, so I had I had a couple weekends booked for May and June that was a solo thing that obviously had to get canceled or postponed and um and i was really excited about those it was with some people that i thought you know like you know that that person is really cool uh let's see if this works and you know some interesting people and i was i was really interested in that um that's gonna keep that's gonna keep happening so i you know um 
with lateral blue we had uh we have a cool relationship with um the label that we're on currently and so we make these cover albums essentially and so that's really where lateral blue makes its living is through mm-hmm. that and so uh we love um jack and greg from over at the label and um we want to continue to do that kind of stuff we realize i'll admit to you that doing that was not the plan for me so i i love those recordings and i think they're really fun and i'm really proud of my performances on them but they're not it's not what i intended lateral blue to be and and i'm okay with that that's is like oh this is a i did not expect this so i we had the conversation here six months ago um, I'm like, you know what? I have this album that I need to put out. It's time. I want to explore touring with that and playing with that music. And and so, and Corey and Kyle, who make up half of Lateral Blue, or also would be in that process. And so we just kind of like, you know what? Let's keep the the band in the studio. And as far as touring goes, let's just take... A year off and just see and maybe we'll come back to it maybe maybe we decide that you know we want to stay home because like Corey and laura are both you know they exclusively work in the studio so anytime either of them would go out on the road is with lateral blue and so with kyle kyle has a day job and so he his his time was pretty valuable and so he didn't always he wasn't always able to do what we wanted to do and that's fine he he didn't none of us really wanted to be a road band and so i was kind of the only one that wanted to and so i recognize that and i i will say that i'm proud of recognizing that early on because i i think i have the um the I think I'm capable of making people miserable. <laughs> and so uh, I, I didn't want to force people into doing something they didn't want to do. So I said, listen, I want to do this. Can we make it happen and still you know, be a unit of people that create together? And we're like, absolutely. Everyone was on board. Everyone was totally into it. And so we all have different things that we're working on. So it, it's yeah. hard um, when you're in a band because mm-hmm. you have to have the whole you have to have the whole band on the same page. Uh, it it does that is one of the benefits of doing solo stuff is yeah. that um, if someone says they can't go, you go okay, cool, I'll get someone else, and like no totally. one's feelings are hurt, right? Well, it's not a band. Yeah, exactly. And so like, you know, we had to do at least one show last year without Kyle, and you have to understand that Lateral Blue is upright bass. Uh, violin, banjo, and mandolin. And so no guitar and so when one person was gone it hurt. Like it, it, You could tell. So we did a gig without Kyle. It was just bass, mandolin, and violin. And it worked, but you know it's like who are we going to be able to call to do yeah. what he does? Like there are people that have the skills, but like it's just hard to you know when you're a band you have chemistry and it's it's so hard to fill a gap when something happens and so 
Yeah. You know, I don't know. There there are roles in each band that are really like it came down to if Lateral Blue had a gig and for some reason Corey couldn't do it. We're like, I was never I told her I'm like, I'm not interested in playing as Lateral Blue without you. And so, you know, it's just how it was. Corey and I had such a chemistry and you know I just wasn't interested in doing anything else without her. So it is tricky, but with the solo thing, I th- I do have the capability of morphing that into a trio if I wanted to, or making it right. into a big band if you know if finances allowed that. And so I'm yeah. happy with that. I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, I, I I find myself writing in a way that I can play just me, mm-hmm. or yeah. um, there can be you know nine or ten people on stage and it still sounds great and right um i didn't i don't think i wrote that way when we first met i think it's something that i kind of had to learn along the way because i had to be versatile to right um stay on the road and stay interesting to people and yep. uh, it's definitely helped a lot though because when you write that way you already f- feel the like when you're going in you already feel the different parts you know like mm-hmm. you feel where everything's going to go and you leave space for certain things and um, it, it's, it's been working, but it's definitely like, you know, I, like you mostly just played in bands yeah. my whole life. So yeah. I've always had a band menta- mentality. So to, to switch to a solo mentality is, is, is a very different thing. Definitely. Yeah. It's, that was something that I wanted to do more of. That's like playing by myself is a nightmare for me because I, I really like having really involved music that, you know, people have different parts, you have different layers of things going on. And so uh, that's kind of like Metamorphosis would be fine if it was just me and a mandolin. Yeah. Like, I feel like you get the point across, but you're definitely going to miss like the fiddle parts and the drums and, you know, stuff like that. And so with the quarantine happening, uh, I found myself. Uh, recording a lot of videos for different people. They're saying like, hey, I'm starting this video series or or this online festival that I did here uh, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I really wanted to reach out to like Corey and Kyle and say, hey, would you mind playing a bass track along with this? But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fight that urge and try to make this something I can do by myself. And there's Yeah, there's something beautiful about like... Um, well, and this is me. I'm not speaking mm-hmm. on your behalf at no, all. No, no. But there's something beautiful about not hiding behind um, other people anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. It's um, it's tricky. It was really tricky sitting down and like, okay, how do I play uh, Evelyn by myself and it be interesting? And so, yeah. you know, you just kind of, I've found that like developing a groove. Uh, when you're playing rhythm and then when you're playing a solo, cause that's something I love to do is improvise. And so I, you know, that's something that when you don't have a band, it's hard to do when you just stop playing. Yeah. Cause you lose rhythm. everything. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like, how can I play some sort of improvised solo and still keep an audience tapping their toes? And right. so that's cause all the great players can do that. Like Thiele, Chris Thiele, um, goes on tours just by himself. Yeah. And, and he has one of the best bands in the world. And so if he can do that, 
surely I can. <laughs> right. And uh, I just realized I put an, an enormous amount of pressure on myself. But, uh, uh, yeah, if he can win a MacArthur Genius Award, can't I? I can, surely, yeah. Um, no, but, yeah, I, I, I guess I see, I see people doing that, and I'm like, you know, I can, I can do that. I have the chops. Like, I can work on this, and it'd be something that might be interesting. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's awesome. Yeah. You want to play us a, a song from the new record? Sure, sure. Let me, I moved from my desk. Let me grab my mandolin really quick. Cool. So this is a song from the album. Um, this is a song I wrote uh, while my wife was, you know, we were figuring out, you know, what was wrong with her when she uh, figured out that she had a chronic kidney disease. And so, you know, a lot of those early days before we figured out what was going on, she was laying in bed and uh, just miserable. And so I would try to uh, make up these stupid little songs to, you know, lighten her mood trying to make her feel better and uh a lot of them were kind of dark <laughs> not gonna lie um but this is uh you know one of her favorites this is called goodness gracious me
Thank you, Caleb, so much for coming uh, on the show uh, via phone call today. This has been an interesting and uh, fun way to to uh, experience the podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope that you're uh, staying sane, and I hope that this has brought you some joy uh, during your quarantining. Uh, stay tuned. I'm going to have a special episode of the podcast with uh, several different songwriters uh, that... Uh, have been quarantining and we're going to catch up with them and what's been going on with all of that. Uh, there's a lot more albums that'll be coming out even during these quarantine times. So I'm going to try my best to stay on top of the podcasting and uh, see if we can do some more of these calls uh, to record some podcasts. Uh, I really appreciate you listening and supporting. Make sure you follow, make sure you share with everyone. Go buy Caleb Christopher Edwards new album metamorphosis um check it for it on spotify apple music bandcamp and uh, share with your friends i appreciate you supporting us and supporting all of these independent americana artists and stay tuned there'll be more coming to you.